Algar Productions. Welcome to the Post-Atomic Horror, the most comprehensive Star Trek podcast ever produced, with your hosts, Ron Algar-Watt and Matt Robotham. Supplemental episode 42B with Vishal Bardwaj, Mark Bosco, Gav Brown, Terry Drozdak, Nathan Lajeunesse, Brian Lynch, Kevin Lynch, Caitlin Purdy, and Amanda Smith. And now, the conclusion. Uh, Amanda. Yes. What is your dream Star Trek spinoff? I want an anthology show that is an anthology-ass anthology show. The best thing Discovery has done yeah. so far is the fucking the shorts. 10 minute shorts. Mm-hmm. They're so good. Mm-hmm. They're not perfect, but it doesn't matter that they're not perfect because they're short and you get in, you get out, you got different characters, you don't have to worry too much about anything. Calypso was a whole one that had nothing to do with anything. I fucking loved it. I loved so good. it. Mm-hmm. That's what I want. I just And I want them to be variable lengths. I never want to know how long it's going to be. This one's 45 minutes. Well, this one's 15 minutes. It doesn't matter. It's just as long as the story needs to be. And it's different guys every time. And we're not mired in our own juices. But occasionally, if you want to do one that's set in like the past times, it's okay. And it doesn't matter because sometimes you're you're not doing that. Mm-hmm. Oh, God, that sounds amazing. I know. I'm drooling. I'm crying a little bit. <laughs> sort of what they were going to so do with Discovery in the first place, but then they didn't. Yeah. Yes. That was, I don't like a lot of all the ideas I heard from Brian Fuller, but that was one of the ones mm-hmm. that I did like mm-hmm. that came from him. But yeah, I guess except they would all have been fucking terrible, so. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> like, each, each anthology worse than the last. <laughs> <laughs> Got real quiet because a lot of these people really like Brian Fuller, Amanda. Know your audience. Well, too bad. <laughs> Maybe just I, I specific Brian Fuller it projects. Th- those first two episodes of Discovery are very Brian Fuller. Mm-hmm. And they mm-hmm. are not they sure are. Yeah, it, it's just I don't think just, his aesthetic his is a good aesthetic, fit. But is all just not. It doesn't work for Star Trek. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's they're they're not exactly compatible. Is all. Yeah, he was if he had, for Star Trek, and he keeps trying. Mm-hmm. And if he had directed, you know, one episode in an anthology that was very different in his aesthetic, that would have been kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Well, that would be the good advantage of an of an anthology yeah. is you can get everyone's different take on Star Trek. And if yeah. you have a hundred of them, then it doesn't matter if one of them doesn't work for you because one will. Yeah, or it, it, it might have worked on get its it own. Of, we could get it out of Tarantino's system so it'll stop yeah. threatening to make yeah, a movie. Please. I was yeah, I was literally thinking that exact thing. I was going to say like we could do Tarantino. It would take three weeks instead of you know five years, mm-hmm. <laughs> and possibly nothing afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Bob, same question. Same question. Same well, question. I wasn't prepared. <laughs> uh, what was the what is uh, off. Um, oh yeah yeah yeah. Uh, I wanted to have like a. Whoop, from the Earth to the Moon like series where they kind of explore the development of warp drive and, and the oh. few missions there. Mm-hmm. So like what they talked about doing with Enterprise yeah. originally. Yeah. So this would be like before Enterprise happens and kind of treating first contact as an alternate universe. <laughs> <versus> <laughs> this, I think. I mean, so it, it actually happened before, before the Borg went back in time. Yeah. yeah mm-hmm. Exactly. So it's yeah, kind of a little more a little more sciencey, engineering focused, and like you know the struggles they mm. face to bring this technology around. And... Hmm. Yeah, that sounds really interesting, yeah. and 
what Enterprise should have been. Yes. Now, would, exactly. would, would that have been a running series or just sort of a limited, like, do you picture that lasting seven seasons? No. Okay. No, I think it would be a limited, you know, maybe 13 or something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That sounds really good. Yeah. Hey, yeah, I don't know that it that. Axonar kind of like fake um, documentary style. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm. Yeah, I liked that. Uh-huh. But I, I think that would kind of feed into the anthology idea, too, where because yeah. I could see that holding my interest for a bit, but I couldn't see that carrying for, you know, yeah, totally. years and years. But I yeah, think if it had a beginning, middle, and end planned, and mm-hmm. it was a short run, that yeah. would be mm-hmm. great. And then the end is they get into space. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm going to hand it off to Archer, who you don't have to see. He's just like, (laughs) this is Scott Bakula's hand, trust us. They could just do a thing like, who will pilot our ship? Uh And they're like, beep boop. That other guy who was also like Archer, who Mm. looked the same as Archer. Yeah. Who got screwed over by the Vulcans. Uh, Did you hear about that? About the time he got screwed over by the Vulcans? (laughs) No, please tell me more. Let me tell you about it in detail. (laughs) Take a seat. You guys ever heard the tragedy of Darth Plagueis the Vulcan? Brian. Yes. uh, You now have the second... Who is the second worst character in Star Trek Quest? Oh, okay. Uh, Good. Um, Well, interestingly, uh, spinning from what we were just talking about, uh, I'd like to take a moment to talk about a little boy by the name of Johnny Archer. (laughs) <laughs> um, something that's been very useful is that uh, you know, as as you guys know, occasionally I go and pick fights with idiots on the internet because mm-hmm. I have a lot of rage to work out. Uh, <laughs> and whenever I see anybody saying like Discovery's not really Star Trek, I just want to say like, listen, Discovery is about what would happen if a guy with the exact same management style and personal opinions as Jonathan Archer existed in the real Star Trek universe, which is that he is so antithetical to that universe that he doesn't even come from it. And and even before that reveal was made, the very important theme of the show was a person who acts this way should not be in charge of a starship. That was mm-hmm. why he was such a great character to start yeah. with. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because the show's position was this is bad. Yeah. yeah, like even when it was like we're desperate, so we're giving this guy like enhanced war powers, it was like the Federation is making a bad decision because this mm-hmm. dude is dangerous and a little crazy. Mm-hmm. And as it turns out, like I said, like so, and, but that's the thing. He just acted like John Archer. He loved torturing people. He had all sorts of weird demands of his underlings. His hiring practices were just completely mercurial and bizarre, and basically based on who he likes hanging out with. Yep. Mm-hmm. And super into water polo, which things, is weird. Which is why <laughs> the second worst character in Star Trek history is edgy old Harry Kim. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that needs any follow-up whatsoever. <laughs> Flock. That's my name. Flong? Okay. What is your favorite ship, by which I mean vessel or wessel? Um, I really like the Enterprise-E. Yeah. Same. It's going to be my just own. a good-looking ship. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I can't tell if you're trying to bait us um, or not. <laughs> no, it's it's a good looking chip. No, it's, I it's agree with you, but I was, I was the the aesthetic of all the movies are are, mm-hmm. are the next generation movies, just all of them. They have the best uniforms, they have the best looking chip. Like it's just it's I, I like that. That yeah. that whole that's my like default uh Star Trek. Now I I will say I have said some stuff about the Enterprise E that I didn't like it. Uh having played some of these video games where 
all they did was change the color of it. So it's more of that sort of uh, off-white, slightly blue color. Mm. I like it way more when it's not that dark gray. It's just the color I don't mm. like. Mm-hmm. Like, I like the design, apparently. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. One I thing just I don't really like that dark gunmetal gray that they do for everything. Sorry, yeah. go ahead. I don't know. I was just saying, I, I like the way that they changed the bridge to make it more sort of like Deep Space Nine-y, like it was surrounding a central hub instead yeah. of just everybody sitting facing the TV. Uh, you mean was, the, when it was designed, the like Enterprise which was designed like a, a, a like a stage for a play? Yeah. <laughs> Literally, no, like there's there's like a, a stage for a TV show. There's a play, <laughs> I forget who wrote it. It might be A.R. Gurney, but it's called the, the Fourth Wall, where a person has a mental breakdown and redecorates their house as if it's a stage with all of the furniture facing one big empty wall. And that's what. It, and like, if you ever see pictures of that set, that bridge is gigantic because. Every, all the furnishes are in so stupid. So on the Enterprise E, where it's kind of like circular and everybody's like pointed in towards the captain, uh, I really like that. I thought that was a very cool uh, choice they made that uh, more cinematic and all that good stuff. Hmm. I like it when the ships are little. Like, I like the Defiant because it's small. I like mm. small dogs and small ships. It's <laughs> <laughs> scrappy. I'm punching the nose. Yes, like Kira. Yeah. Small and scrappy. I like the Prometheus, which was a big ship that could turn into three small ships. <laughs> just so we don't uh, burn this out too much so shall is on the dog about I like the front half of Discovery <laughs> <laughs> yeah I like the front half too I don't care for that no the back is horrible that. but the spinning yeah. uh, the, the spinning, thing uh, is the nice, spinning yeah. saucers is really cool I love that they put spinning rims on the ship yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now is that just for the spore driver are we losing the spinning we can't lose I don't the spinning know. you can't lose the dang sport. I like the. I already so. did the effects for 15 they seconds at the end of Discovery. Mm. <laughs> it was a good-looking Enterprise. Yeah, That's that was. Yeah. Back. yeah, it's all coming I d- back. I don't yep. dislike the JJ movies Enterprise, but uh, the no. uh, it does look a bit like a parade balloon. <laughs> I, I have. I, I have been reading about there's some weird because of the whole Paramount CBS who owns what whatever. Apparently, the Enterprise has to be like 30 percent different or something legally it's real weird you should look this up online i i don't have it in front of me but i've read this a few places so they had to change this the look of the ship the interior of the ship i don't know about the exterior but just make they sure had the nacelles ch- are really high and weird they, they had to change the bridge slightly enough so that it's different enough it's it's real stupid and it's like, like whatever agreement they have between paramount and cbs said if you do Star Trek, it has to be this much different to be your own thing or something. It's real stupid. And I know the ship's not a human, but if it was, its neck would be growing out of its butt. <laughs> <laughs> well, it kind of is. That's where you're supposed to Fair point, Bob. You know what, Mr. Wizard? <laughs> Gav. Yes. Gav? Okay. Ah, good. What is your most unconventional Star Trek opinion? Right here we go. <laughs> I, love, I love when your answers start. I love when your answers start with "right." It's like you're rolling up your sleeves. Let's do this. Here goes, motherfucker. Star Trek Five isn't horrendous. I go on. Show your work. I watch that. That's Star Trek: The Motion Picture. Stick that okay. in your boat and row, row, row it. <laughs> you know what? That's fair. Yeah, you know. Gav strongly agreed. Yeah. Motion picture's boring as hell. Yeah. But do you yeah. agree that five is better? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Stupid, Gav, stupid and dumb. I wouldn't agree that five boring. is better, but I would rather watch five than one. 
I'd say Star Trek Five is better than a you know a, a swift kick in the shins with a steel toed boot, but <laughs> how swift a kick are we talking? Well, I'd rather yeah. do that because imagine how much because t- if you watch Star Trek Five, that takes two hours, but well, uh, a shin and boot that'll take like three seconds. <laughs> that's a fair point. It's whatever that saves is... me time, basically. <laughs> Now, seri- serious question. I, I like you... the debate on that. Just went, no, wait, yes. <laughs> <laughs> serious question. Do you like it ironically as kind of a, well, this is cheesy, but I like laughing at it, or do you legitimately enjoy it? No, I, no, I enjoy it. I haven't watched okay. it since probably we did the podcast about it, but mm-hmm. uh, uh-huh. but I did quite enjoy it. Okay. No, that just that just sort of helps calibrate your, your taste a little there. Like I, I didn't know. because Scotty and Uhura were dating? Yep. Yes. It sure so, fucking oh, we'll was. We'll get to that. <laughs> I'll say no more then. <laughs> uh, Nate. Hi. Uh, what is your favorite thing about Matt? Strap in, my friends. I'm. What's <laughs> gonna? We're gonna make him uncomfortable all over again. I put this I in as a joke. Uh, I I should say before you start answering. This question was Matt's suggestion. I know it was, and it was a mistake. <laughs> so however uncomfortable he says he is, he signed up for this. The word hero. <laughs> all right. dictionary. Can we just call this episode that? <laughs> We're, all <laughs> We're all strapped in. We're all strapped in, Nate, please. Door. <laughs> okay. Picking one favorite thing about my good great friend Matthew is like trying to pick a dessert at an incredibly well-stocked all-you-can-eat dessert buffet. I could pick one thing, but I don't want to, and I won't. I've known, him, <laughs> I've known him since high school. He is the snappiest jokesmith and probably the funniest person I know. Matt is a loyal friend and an incredibly sincere and sweet and loving man. He's been there for me through some tough life changes and also for the times that I've been the happiest. Also, I just generally enjoy his passion for reading. But if I had to pick one thing... It would be his impeccable celebrity impersonations. <laughs> I'm not. Since we're here, but <laughs> I'd also like to make it known that I haven't known Al nearly as long as Matthew, but I could also not pick just one favorite thing about him. Oh, no, 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 no. We're not doing this. Do it, do it, do it, do it. His drive and determination to create and improve is so inspiring to me, and he cares so deeply, not that he would let you know, Just not just about his many creative endeavors, but also about his friends. And he's always willing to try and help me untangle when my brain is tied up in knots. But if I had to pick just one thing to be my favorite about Al, it would be his impeccable celebrity in person. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry to get oh. all sappy, but you gave me an opportunity. You made I me mean... cry. <laughs> oh, yeah. The, you, you, you stress the me in that like that's difficult. <laughs> Even Tidro cried. Hey, Tidro. Once upon a time, there was a little can of McCoy. <laughs> and nobody wanted it. And they were mean to it. And it was alone. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm going to say... I'm going to say in the spirit of this original question, if, if any of you right now are holding a beverage, uh, li- raise your glass, would you please, to Matt. To Matt. Everyone, to, to, Matt. Matt. to Matt. To Matt. Oh, God. Uh-huh. And out. I think he's crying now. That. Shut up. <laughs> You're crying and your face is stupid. <laughs> I managed to just look you. away. Well, <laughs> I managed to look away while Nate was talking. I think I'm good. If it had gone on another 10 seconds, I would have been screwed. But, or if he brought up flute solos. 
God, I was just going to say his butt. Now it feels so shallow. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ, you and my I mean, wife. God damn. Wait, are we talking about Matt's butt? Yes. <laughs> Why, do you like it too? <laughs> <laughs> I cannot lie. <laughs> Wait, is Matt Eleanor from The Good Place? <laughs> I can do worse. Are you Arizona shrimp horny? <laughs> shrimp horny? <laughs> Dude, I'll fuck up a we're shrimp. We're running into one of my later answers now. <laughs> uh, Tidro. Yes? If you're done crying, I have a question for you. Okay, go ahead. Uh, and it's a question a couple people have answered already. Okay. Uh, what, what does Star Trek need to do better? It's just too human centric. Mm-hmm. They're just they're out in the middle of the space and it's just all humans everywhere. Mm-hmm. It's just really frustrating because you don't need to. You could uh, It's this whole thing like America is best, Earth is best. So mm-hmm. we're in charge of space. No, if we're there have to be other more highly developed civilizations than us. So Let's show those. Well, it it always it always felt like that was supposed to be the Vulcans, and then Star Trek kept bringing the Vulcans down a peg. Mm-hmm. You know, like they're sort of like they're not perfect, but they're kind of they they have their shit a little more together than we do. Mm-hmm. And we learned from each other, but like you know, they were there first, and then it turned out they were assholes. Well, yeah, I mean, they did make them. You have to you have to do something to them to make them so that we don't like them and go oh why don't we all just be like them? But also they are just kind of like humans with pointy ears and eyebrows. That, that mm-hmm. is also entirely <laughs> so really the, at the core of this answer, what you're saying is Captain Saru. Hmm. Uh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. I think I think we all agree uh-huh. on that. <clears throat> we either all agree or have no opinion. I don't think anyone's <laughs> against it. Are we? anyone? Anyone? I just, okay. Good. And so you can be mocked. <laughs> I just I hate the idea of them taking the ship away from him. Yeah, and after he had already been twice the captain, now, and, it's, and yeah, proven and, himself, and it's just assumed. And the dude put the work in. Yeah, and I just feel bad for him. He yeah. wrote a computer program and everything. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> also, Michael, who is my favorite, should not be captain. Oh, never no. give her a ship. No, 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 no. never, never, never. Nope. Do not ever give her a ship. Like not even a no. shuttle. Dude, like Tilly will trip over it like a like an ottoman or something, then she'll turn the entire ship around to go save her. <laughs> and a war will be happening. I don't know. Kirk and would Tilly have done the would same trip over an ottoman. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, probably. Yeah. And everyone will just be standing around going, "How did this ottoman get on the ship?" <laughs> they built the it in the holodeck. Brought it. No, it turns oh, out it's. An... <laughs> it turns out it's an Ottoman alien from the Ottoman planet, but no one noticed it because the human-centric jerks would never think that an yeah. Ottoman could be alive. Uh, no, no, it's, 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 out, out. it's called the yes. Ottoman Empire. <laughs> oh, of oh. That's how you punch up a joke. Uh-huh. <laughs> like those mattresses in uh, Hitchhikers. Yeah. Yes, yeah. of course. Uh, Vishal, did I skip you last time? Because I um, don't. Yeah, I seem to have four left. So yeah. Ah, if well, that happens, speak up. Yeah, I I am trying my best, but uh, oh, it's the okay. Man. Disappointed in you. Despite what uh, Nate says about my organizational skills, they are not flawless. <laughs> so charge. you get you charge. get you get two questions this time. Ooh, Caitlin wants two. Yes, I know. I'm coming to that. Okay. When it's Caitlin's turn, she will get two questions okay. next time. Uh, so first, uh, following on what Tidro was just talking about, what does Star Trek need to do better? Um, right. So I think in general, 
Star Trek needs to do multiculturalism better and in mm-hmm. specifically they need to do the Klingons better. Mm-hmm. Because that sort of is the same thing. It, it, uh, I know you guys talked about, you know, if, if someone could defend the Klingons in Discovery and I didn't really have fully formed thoughts then. Uh, mm-hmm. In general, I'm <laughs> also for the Klingons. Uh, mm-hmm. But I think that's the Klingons have all had, especially at the start of Discovery, I thought, yes, finally they're going to show you know, 24 houses and this and that. And we're going to just see everyone together. We're going to see the flat-headed Klingons, the bumpy-headed Klingons, the new uh, reboot Trek movie Klingons. Who are these new, you know, Tekoma guys? Are They just all be there together. And I think that would be fine. It wouldn't be confusing. That's how mm-hmm. multiculturalism actually works. Instead of having to say, no, we're going to reboot these guys and then they're going to be very varied, but actually all within the same narrow thing. Mm-hmm. That's so. I think Trek needs to be okay with that in all its cultures. You mm-hmm. know, they sort of start doing that with the with like with the Andorians. They have two kind of sub races in there. In even in the Enterprise, they have the Remans just kind of standing off in the corner once, and mm-hmm. that's fine. You don't need to have cultures defined by one thing. So, I wish they'd done that with the Klingons. I wish they do that in general. You did so have that right. sash. <laughs> <laughs> And I hate it so much that a planet, a whole planet-ass yeah. planet, only has guys that look like one thing. And speak one language. Yeah. And speak one Are you kidding me? Yeah. <laughs> and if they, and if they are from... And if they are, they are from two different subcultures, they're always at war. I mean, that does not make mm-hmm. any sense either. Yeah. No, I mean, I get that maybe not everyone has, like, what What are there, almost 200 countries or something like that? Like, maybe right. not every planet's like that, but mm-hmm. surely they have more than two? Well, yeah. <laughs> it really does go back to my old complaint about how every single bad guy calls themselves an empire, but only appears mm-hmm. to have one species in them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. The Federation okay. is the only even nominally multicultural spe- uh, group out there. And that's yeah, like I mean, what Vishal just said. The, the Klingons could be all these different species because yeah, exactly. they're an empire. They keep... If they're calling themselves that, yeah. Yeah. I, I think in every series they sort of start hinting at that the Dominion started like that. There were you know all these mm. merchant races and regular mm. things, but by the end of it, it's just here are the founders, here are the the Wayun guys, here are the Jamadar. You know, mm-hmm. um, at least that was three. Yeah, that yeah. was more that was than usual. And then, yeah, yeah, that's and then true. like they would have like one episode for like the, like those makeup dudes or the Alamarine mm. people. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> the Alamarine people. <laughs> We and all know what even, you mean. I just love. But calling they never them show that. up again, you know. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Even the Cindy could have the Zindi. Sorry, it could have been like mm-hmm. that. But again, everything is always like, oh, we are these guys, and we don't get along with these other guys who are also like this. No, just put them all together. That's what the Federation is supposed to be like. So here's the thing: is they are they are and have been a conquering empire mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. thousands of years. We only ever see Klingons. We never see any of the people that they have. Oh, the races they've taken right. over. That's, yeah. what, that's what I'm saying. Enslaved? Like, what's going on there? And if that's the case, why is the Federation, like, like ha- so happy to be allies with them? If this is like, oh, yeah, we just own people, you know. Mm-hmm. But it's not just them. It's the Romulan Empire. It's the Cardassian yeah. Union. It's the Breen Hegemony. Like, these mm-hmm. are all names that mean collections of of separate groups. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Don't, isn't, don't the Ferengi even have, aren't they like the Ferengi Alliance or Alliance. something? Alliance. Yeah. 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 And you'd expect to see more people who are um, like mixed 
species too. Mm-hmm. Yes, species yes. can a mm-hmm. lot of species turn it because of how Star because everything's the same in Star Trek mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. all of the guys are just bipedal people who can intermingle, no big deal. Um, because that's how it is. You'd expect to see well, a lot more characters like Zial mm-hmm. are or even Spock. Yeah, and especially but, because they're bipedal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But there's and, and with these big conquering empires, you expect to see more of that because that's what happens. Of course, yeah. or in the case of in the ah fuck, in the case of the Klingons, <laughs> by penal. Yeah. Yeah. There. Ah, we have fun. Careless. This is the penal colony of Rurapente. <laughs> Yeah, uh, they call it the aliens' weenus. <laughs> well, you, you guys, Kirk loves penal colonies. Well, that, that is established. Oh, you better go to the doctor for that. Huh? <laughs> That's why his best friend is a doctor. That's a lot of time. Jim, you've got penal colonies again. <laughs> They've advanced past the Stone Age this time. <laughs> the first pilot zone episode I've ever seen. <laughs> Even worse than when I saw something on the wing. <laughs> uh, so sticking with you, Vishal, because I skipped you last time like a jerk. Uh, what is your favorite ship or vessel or vessel? Well, uh, I'm seconding the Enterprise E for all the reasons stated before. Uh, but mm-hmm. I also uh, second the thought of really loving the small ship. So I think Voyager is kind of a close second in terms of I would love to just like have Voyager, as in, it seems like the right size. Everything's kind of accessible. You mean own it? Yeah, but without <laughs> the Felix and Harry came in it. But you know. no, no, just the ship. But you want just you want to own the starship. I just want to. And be then clear. it seems like the kind of the this the starship that you could live with the most. <laughs> I bet you. I'm the pretty sure you can, are right. I'm pretty sure you can pick it up cheap. The holodeck's always malfunctioning, and the walls are always getting sick. So yeah. I mean, it's not too big. You don't need a huge crew to run it. You just get mm-hmm. a few of your friends together for the weekend. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it, it can it can go into the atmosphere, no problem. It can yeah. land. Yep. Oh right, I forgot that it can land. Mm-hmm. So do the writers most of the time. So. <laughs> <laughs> it's very versatile. Was, if we're thinking about like what we could just handle ourselves. You could get that uh, crazy giant Bill Hader ship from Into Darkness. Peter Weller <laughs> could fly that by himself. Oh god. <laughs> well, well, no, Peter he, he had Nathan Drake on it, so. Oh, <laughs> I'm pretty sure he had like a, a port that he plugged into his RoboCop brain and then just uh, ran it that way. No, he had he had that big spike that he stuck into stuff. Right. That sunship, the sunship from DS9. From Explorers, that yes. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. I thought you said the sunship, and I was like, the I, could, I, I could go for some of those right now. <laughs> talk, talk about things that make me cry. We just rewatched that one the other day, and oh, oh boy, God. Flute Solo City. I love that uh-huh. one. Yeah, so good. Okay, back to you, Amanda. Uh, sorry, Vishal. Do you have anything else to say about that? I don't want to. I don't want to uh, cut you short there. No. Oh, yeah. The you know in in Enterprise in in the, in the wonderful intro that shall, shall not be named. Uh, uh-huh. Just oh, no, the we, end, I, just no, before they show the actual like NXO one, they show this other ship. Oh with yeah. Just, just like from the back, and mm-hmm. it's got two like flying nacelles, but those don't seem to be the actual propulsion. It's got this like cluster of impulse engines in the middle. I don't know what that ship is, but I really like it. Yeah. No, hmm. I noticed that too. Like it's like. Real world thing, real world thing, real world thing, Star Trek thing. One thing we've never seen before, and then the Enterprise. Well, I think, yeah. like, I, what's, that, I think, what's that thing story? I think that was the middle step between the test ship that Zephyr Cochran did yeah. in First Contact the and then the NX-01. Yeah. So wait, are, like, you, are you saying that this ahead. mystery ship is what John Archer Sr. was flying around in? I mean, <laughs> I guess so, yeah. Yellow also, Vulcans. The, 
<laughs> Get off my lawn. <laughs> He's got a loudspeaker. Re-elect Mayor Red Thomas. I hate Vulcans. <laughs> Archer's dead. <laughs> Re-elect President James Cromwell. <laughs> President Cromwell. President Cromwell. <laughs> <laughs> also, Vishal, that intro can be spoken of. It's the song we hate. We, I think we all agree the intro was great. Yeah, yeah the intro it's just is the great. song. I, I, that, yeah. Like, song aside, that thing kind of gets me in the feels. Yeah. No, that, that, yeah. That intro is everything Enterprise should be. Yeah, you put yeah. that you you put that to some really, like, dynamic, you know, great Star Trek music. Instead and, of a song from Patch well, Adams. I will yeah, say this. Cover I, uh, of a song I did not Patch sign Adams. up for unconventional opinions, but if I had, it would have been that the uh, opening credits theme of Enterprise is better than the end credits theme. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's not that unconventional. I, that was, that was, their, cool. that was the instrumental that they wrote for the opening credits. And then they uh, the end credits has, have me until the guitars kick in. <laughs> there was some, some of you may have seen this already okay that's my new impression that's my new favorite impression also uh, some of you may have seen this already I posted this on our Tumblr or something uh, on Twitter a few places I'll put it in the show notes but uh, there is a single version of the Deep Space Nine theme that sounds, that sounds like what you guys are describing radio play yeah it's it's got it's got drums, it's got meatily guitar, but it's the same DS9 theme. I don't know what you're complaining about. I'm like, yeah, this sounds fine. It's a little different, whatever. And then I got about mm. halfway through and like the, the um, easy listening guitars started like, okay, yeah, what? I get I posted, it. No, I posted that in the Facebook group and like a lot of people were posting like, no, this isn't so bad. I don't know what you're so upset about. And then they would reply in comments to their own thing. No, oh, I God. Just got up to the guitar part. <laughs> uh-huh. I had it on a on a big playlist of Star Trek music that I had on shuffle, and I was like, "Oh, the Deep Space Nine theme." Wait, what just happened? <laughs> I don't understand why this even exists. It's like, did they think it was going to get radio play? Yeah, right. Yeah. That's no, and I checked. Yeah. This wasn't some internet like aberration that someone made to be funny. It was on this. It was on the CD, I, and I it's mean, called the single version. If he weren't long dead, I would assume it was like Gene, just like, I got another 50 bucks out of this. <laughs> there, was a, there was this Worked thing in, like, the, original in, the, in series. the early and mid-1980s with um, uh, with musical theater, with Broadway shows, where they would expect one show to get like actual radio play, and so it's in a different style from the rest of the show, and that's why Phantom of the Opera, which has been running for 30 years, has one song which has an electric synthesizer and a drum machine in it. And the rest isn't of it is like uh, all full orchestral mode. Isn't that where your favorite song "One Night in Bangkok" comes from? <laughs> yes, actually, that trend. That's, yeah. that, that, that's from uh, that's from chess. And chess, the, yeah, I know. This, this one out of nowhere. Well, I mean, the whole show is kind of out of nowhere on that one. <laughs> <laughs> We've covered this extensively. Yes, you're listening to Brian Ayers' grievances about chess. <laughs> <laughs> Not to be confused with Brian about chess. <laughs> Not to be confused with Brian raises his grievances about chess, the board game. <laughs> oh god, chess is a board game, isn't it? Yep. All I'm saying is, if the pawns teamed up, they could easily overthrow the king. <laughs> <laughs> Kings can only my ten spots. They have no power. Was in a Doctor Who episode, bizarrely. <laughs> <laughs> Everything was in a Doctor Who episode. <laughs> Everything, <Okay. laughs> including women, eventually. <laughs> girls can be doctors Damn. too hashtag feminism after 50 years we gotta put the time in <laughs> I mean we, we we as a fandom have very little room to talk yeah, let's, let's not know stones from this class doctors for women. yeah yeah uh, back to Amanda mm-hmm. what were your 
dream job be if you were on a starship? What would like what would you do? I want to do what I do now, which is organize <laughs> stuff. Okay. And boss people around. <laughs> That's what I want to do. I feel like any <clears throat> there's no logistics coordinators in Star Trek. There's no people hmm. who organize what the hell's going on? Like you've got the captain, but mm. the captain doesn't organize what the hell is going on. The mm. captain says, "Hey, listen, we need to do this thing." Well, the first and, officer's job is yeah, supposed to be to that. Nominally, yeah, Riker's official out. title was executive officer, and like in like three episodes, they showed him making up like duty shifts. Yeah, yeah so but it never comes up. Yeah, never, it never, never is. A it thing. never ever. I comes mean, up. no offense, but that's because it's boring TV. Yeah, yeah. 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 Riker just I, like fuck. Worf's taking another week off. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine you how much of Riker's me, job is paperwork? Actually, no, let's make that an episode of the anthology show. The episode where Riker's doing performance reviews is awesome. Yeah, that's true. Because it's it's because it's about because it's not about paperwork, it's about characters and making characters do things. Mm. Yeah. Which is interesting. And his perception of those characters mm-hmm. and his assessment of those characters. Uh, you say logistics, though, and this was a job I had years ago now. I used to be a defense contractor and I did supply work and I'm kind of aware of that whole world. I would love to see like the supply officer mm-hmm. aboard a starship, the person who gets the parts to Scotty or whoever so that the ship can run. Well, like, I think, Yeah, who's in charge yes. of making sure those 50 warp coils get out to the, the yeah. distant star bases. I'm making sure one of them. Jake and Nog. <laughs> so I'm I've got no J enterprises on the line. They got 50 cases of self-stealing stem bolts. <laughs> on the janky old uh, DS9, yeah, but on a like a, a streamlined starship, like I'd love to follow that character like we follow the science officer or the chief engineer. I think that'd be a really interesting like see what they have to get up to to get the ship running and you know, I don't know. Not to not to cut into your answer, but I think that would be but interesting that would be to interesting. see. Interesting, and we got a little of that with O'Brien, like a skosh. But not... Yeah, because they were on janky old Deep yeah. Space Nine, he had to fend for himself. He yeah. couldn't just replicate something or... Well, I like the idea of him, well, I gotta order the fucking Cardassian screws. They go in backwards and fucking... <laughs> <All right. laughs> and, and you gotta put like... them in with a spoon. Yeah. <laughs> there's some stuff you can't replicate. Like, there's, yeah. like, it's just, when things get to a certain level of complexity, the replicator's not up to it. Just mm. like with a 3D printer. Like, there's some stuff you can and some stuff you can't. Mm-hmm. And, um, like, getting the difficult thing safely across the universe and there's some stuff you probably can't teleport because mm. it fucks it up mm-hmm. humans are fine don't worry about it. Uh, <laughs> well, get me on that damn thing there's some things that are too delicate so you got to put them onto shuttles and get them to the place mm-hmm. and shuttles are not reliable no on deep space nine they mentioned the industrial replicators a couple times too which i just mm. think is a cool concept uh, yeah that's it's like probably. the size of like a garage or something, and you can just get like walls out of it. It just makes yeah. a factory. Yeah. <laughs> Where all the pastel cubes come from. Just <laughs> churning them out. Pop, pop, pop. Yep. <laughs> uh, Bob, same question. What uh, would your job be on a starship? Speaking of 3D printers. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't, it doesn't seem like there's, I don't know, there's not much in the vein of artistry in mm. the jobs on a starship, so I'd probably lean toward the engineering side and, you know, replicator programming or technician or whatever now would you inject artistry into that yeah yeah i think so yeah i mean you could i mean if you're doing like the programming for stuff you can like you know make the teacup that materializes any shape you want or you know whatever that kind of thing so, I don't know if that would be a starship job. That might be a, a space <laughs> okay, but overall depends on the size. Oh, yeah, of the overall starship. Star Trek universe yeah. job then. Not not a writer though. <laughs> it's good to be creative, but not a writer. No. God no. Writer. Ugh. Definitely not. Yeah. 
the very idea of it. <laughs> Three in the afternoon, Jake, shouldn't you be in bed? <laughs> <laughs> and living in a post-scarcity society, mm-hmm. you can make things, like everything that's functional can also be beautiful. Because right. you don't have to worry about, well, we only have X amount of whatever, so right. it has to be it has to be like this because mm. it's the most efficient way. So you can make the teacup that comes out very functional but also gorgeous. And that's something that Star Trek doesn't... Ex- well, honestly, Star Trek does not explore what a post-scarcity society is like enough at, at all. all. Yeah. But that's something that you could do. Like, everything should be beautiful because everyone's doing it because it's what they want right. to do. And also, like, once you do it the first time, yeah. then, you know, you yeah. don't have to do it over and over. It's not like this craftsmanship thing where mm-hmm. it's like... You, it takes an enormous amount of time to make this thing over and over and over. No, you just design it once, and then everyone can have this beautiful thing. Mm-hmm. It, it sort of feels like they touch on that when they briefly talk about anyone who does, like, the holodeck programming. Mm-hmm. You know, like, uh, Bashir's buddy who makes the, the who made the yeah, nightclub. Felix. Yeah. yeah, Felix. Yeah, and then when the doctor <laughs> was trying to sell the Voyager guys as holograms back to the Alpha Quadrant, yeah. there was some of that, too. Yeah. I, oh, but... you mean photons be free? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Fucking show. (laughs) But New York Times raves, an actual book that happened. (laughs) (laughs) The doctor has written a book. (laughs) The Washington Post says, why are we calling these books again? (laughs) (laughs) The uh, the, we have seen one off artists here and there, but it would be interesting to see them in more of a productive Mm -hmm. setting as well. Like there are just aesthetic artists, but then there's people who make useful things as well. Yeah. But to be clear, uh, everyone's doing what they love and doing their good job, Mm -hmm. except writers. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, (laughs) they're not doing anything. And they hate doing it. The, the final shot of Deep Space Nine is Jake looking out a window, and you know he's got a writing deadline. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Motherfucker, the war just ended. <laughs> Your dad is gone. You're a legit war writer for the, for yeah. the Federation. What are you doing? Oh, that's real pretty. You've been through some real interesting <laughs> shit lately. Get get some of that down, man. Well, I gotta do some laundry, though. <laughs> you know, it's all really research is what it is. Uh-huh. <laughs> Ugh. Never have enough research on my book Anslem. <laughs> I'm to go back in the living room so I can think. <laughs> then he just spends an afternoon thinking, one day I'm going to look like Tony Todd. I wonder when that's going to start. <laughs> Tony Todd. <laughs> Brian. Yes. What franchise would you most like to see Star Trek do a crossover with? If you say uh, Deadly Games, you're fired. No, no. I'm, 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 I know everybody would expect me to say that, but uh, frankly, with all the talent in front of and behind the camera, it practically was a Star Trek crossover already. Um, there's actually uh, two things I'd like to say. The first is I've just been watching this mid-60s uh, science fiction show called The Time Tunnel uh, mm-hmm. a lot lately. Um, it's a real goofball show about two unremarkable white dudes that kind of just fall ass-backwards through time punching things. Uh, and... <laughs> And uh, Lee Merriweather as the uh, the far more competent person back at the base who's just sort of watching them and fretting. Um, mm-hmm. I'm, I've, I've watched, I'm 17 episodes in now. I'm still not sure which one of them is Doug and which one of them is Tony. Um, <laughs> but it's always like, oh, here we are in like, you know, 1946 Okinawa or oh, it's the year 2150 and we're on the moon. And their first thing is always better go be rude to somebody and punch them in the face. <laughs> like they're on the Titanic in the first episode and like somebody's like refusing to leave because she's like I don't want to take up space on the lifeboats I've got a brain tumor and they're like well in the future there's going to be something called neurosurgery 
hell are you wasting your time on this for, dude? This person's been dead for a hundred years. That's very that's very useful, Doug or Tony. <laughs> Thanks. I think Doug's the one with the turtleneck, and Tony is the one with the blazer. Um, <laughs> All right, that's that, that. it. The '60s, you say. Showed up on the uh, the Enterprise. Um, but my other thing is, is going back to the idea of a, a legitimate anthology show where it's just like one or two episodes following a storyline and moving on. Uh, is mm-hmm. that I would love to take existing TV show uh, casts and then just put them into the mm-hmm. Star Trek universe and follow them for an episode. Yes. Uh, and I have some uh, submissions here uh, for Starship Cruise. Okay. Uh, there's the USS Pawnee, which is a uh, Sovereign-class ship. Uh, yes. We we spent a fair amount of time talking about that one, as I recall, but let's let's oh, hear what you right. got. Well, it was just that it's got it's got the unusual step of uh, five co-captains, uh, Captain Hart, <laughs> Captain, uh, you know, etc. Uh, mm-hmm. And uh, I, I suppose theoretically Captain Nope, but I guess we'd have to go before that. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, I know I'm not sure what the equivalent of the Parks Department would be, but, uh, you know, maybe they'd just all work down in engineering or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's the uh, the USS Greendale, which is a rather decrepit Constellation class ship. Uh, mm-hmm. and you would follow the ah! Dex crewmen, which would be the cast of Community. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is like uh, a space station show, but I agree with you. <laughs> I could see that also. Um, uh, there's of course the USS Venture, uh, an extremely advanced <laughs> galaxy class starship, captained by uh, uh, Mister uh, uh, Doctor Venture. Captain <laughs> Doctor Venture. Uh, <laughs> Mr. Venture, of course, uh, Brock Samson. Mm-hmm. Uh, or uh, theoretically, Sergeant Hatred, um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, just put put all of them in that atmosphere. That'll work well. Oh, I would love to see the boys at the con just <laughs> right. It's on. Exactly. It's off. It's on. It's off. It's on. It's called <laughs> blinking. A trouble light. That's a great idea, Starfleet. <laughs> Some uh, of you get these. <laughs> now that that's the one I really want. Uh, there's another <laughs> part of the. USS Sanford, which is um, a defined class ship. Uh, it's uh, dedicated to galaxy law enforcement, and that is the police department from Hot Fuzz. Oh, I thought you were talking about Sanford and Son. Yeah, me too. Yeah, me too. No, Sanford, the D. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I'll think about the other one. Honestly, well, the thing, I've already got a uh, the USS Trash Bag, which is a garbage scow. Uh, <laughs> pardon is... me, pardon me? No, a garbage Gar- scow, of course. Uh, and that's the, uh, the cast of The Good Place. Yes. Uh, and then finally, just a, a little one just for me, an Excelsior-class uh, ship called the USS Henson, which is staffed entirely by Muppets. Oh, my God, yes. Yay. Yes. <laughs> Wouldn't that just be Farscape, Yes, there, there are no Muppets. <laughs> it is, is Pigs in Space. But... Yeah, it would be Pigs in Space. Yeah. <laughs> pigs, in space has, pigs in Space has had a cano- uh, two canonical Doctor Who crossovers. So. They are they canonical? too, haven't they? Uh, no, but they actually had um, David Tennant and his dad, Peter Davison, uh, appear on stage <laughs> with the Pigs in Space cast as the Doctor. His in, dad. Uh, tenth, respectively. <laughs> they did a live show in London last year, and uh, yeah. Apparently, How does they this always get back to live theater with you? <laughs> Never mind, I know the answer. <laughs> I gotta think. You call Brian, you take your risks. Yeah, Come I guess on, that's man. true. Like, that We've been doing this a while game, now. Uh, okay, no, I, I flipped a coin. You're right, I'll take the kick to the shin. <laughs> So in other words, let's get that anthology show going and let's just throw in it literally any TV show we like and just put them on a starship, see what happens. The yeah. USS Wings. <laughs> I mean, you've already got two pilots right there. I guess one of them is the captain, I guess. And there's an engineer, too, yeah. There's an engineer. Yeah, you're right. And then Roy Why are we talking there. about wings? So, so on the Good Place starship, is the twist that it turns out they're actually in the mirror universe at the end? <laughs> So that's just discovery. Yeah, basically. 
I was I was too busy trying to figure out if Michael should be the captain or if he should be like an admiral or something. I was wondering that too. Is he uh, the captain then, or is Eleanor? If he's the, if he's the captain, Janet's the first officer. No, because she's the computer. Yeah, Janet's the voice oh, yeah, of the exactly. computer for sure. She's not a computer. Not a computer, not a lady. <laughs> but she Caitlin. Is a Shit, I could talk about this all day. <laughs> yeah, me too. Yes. Also, not everyone watches that show, so let's... Uh, oh, yeah. God damn it, that's right. Hey, everybody, watch all three yes. seasons of that show so you have context for what we're talking about. Yes, yes, <laughs> please do. It's literally the best show on TV right now. Uh, yes. Well, okay. And, it, and it's good. Yeah. It's, yeah. It is the best show on TV or maybe the second best, depending on how I feel on a certain day. All right, Caitlin, it is your turn twice because I am a jerk. Woo! You are not a jerk. There's too many um, people on this call. <laughs> there are not enough people on this call. <laughs> Don't you dare, mister. Uh, Caitlin, what is your favorite thing about Matt? Okay. My response is not nearly as heartfelt as Nate's. My favorite thing about Matt is how quickly he gets drunk. <laughs> oh, yes. So it, every time, like, I've known you for a while now, and every time it's the same, but it always surprises me. I come over to your house, and I'm like, I got me some Kraken and some Coke. And then we get drinking, and then you drink one drink. Uh-huh. And you're just hammered. And it's, it's amazing. wonderful. It's delightful. Amanda and I went drinking literally last night, yep. and I was in, I was down after like 10 seconds. You said <laughs> drinking like two beers. Uh-huh. <laughs> One of my favorite Matt memories was at his wedding reception when he, uh, he needed a you know, he's the groom. We get him whatever he wants. Let's take care of Matt. Of course. You, that's what you do. And and uh, he needed a drink, and I just kept giving him rums and cokes with a little more rum each time, to the point where I'm pretty sure I just put a splash of rum in, yep. for or a splash of coke in for color. This tastes good. Gonk. <laughs> oh, is this all rum? No. Matt gets drunk like a very special episode of TGIF. <laughs> like somebody has like half a Zima, and then all of a sudden it's Urkel dancing on the edge of a roof. <laughs> But to be clear, he's delightful when he's drunk. Yes. He's oh, yes. sloppy Just like Urkel dancing on the edge of a roof. That's <laughs> yeah. like usually Urkel. how you know it happens. Because, like, you'll just be, we're, we'll be, like, chilling. I'm, like, halfway through my first drink. And then, like, all of a sudden, he's just, like, jovial and cracking Caitlin, all these crazy jokes. <laughs> all, all of a sudden, everybody's doing the math. Talking about how much he loves something. I, yeah, I can tell you exactly what he does. It's when he gets on Twitter hey, and demands to know who, loves, oh, yeah. who, 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 he, who he can say he loves. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and asks love. for high fives. Uh-huh. Yes. Mm-hmm. Also that. I do do that sober, too. So. <laughs> you do. Uh, Caitlin, it is still your turn. Okay. Uh, who do you reverse ship? I.e., who do you wish never hooked up? And I think I know the answer, but I'd love to hear it. Oh, you know the answer. I wish uh-huh. that loaf of bread, Chuck Chicote, <laughs> nasty fucking mitts off my boo. <laughs> so gross. I wish that mm-hmm. Seven and Chicote had never hooked up. Like there was no, there was, I mean, ugh, there was no story behind it. There was no romance. It was just like, hey, let's like make these people hook up now. Mm-hmm. And it was terrible in every way, and it made me scream at my TV a lot. Mm-hmm. And... Robert's saying bad things about the show again. Let's throw the blonde at him. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta yeah. do that in your Rick Berman voice. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's that's the Rick Berman voice. Yeah. <laughs> the girls. Everything no, about it was terrible. I, so... I, 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 I... Sorry, go ahead. 
That's it. Everything was, about it was terrible. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I was reading the 50-year mission, and everyone on the show seemed to just be all like, well, I guess this is what we're doing now. <laughs> well, I, it's it's that you get to the, you know it's the last season, and you're like, for some reason, you have to pair people up. That's what drove Worf and Troy, but at least yeah. they did some work there, and it was kind of interesting, yeah, and you're like, well, I never thought of this, I'm but I'm pretty sure that's cool. what it says on, like, you know how all the starships have that little plaque up on the bridge? I'm pretty sure <laughs> the Voyager one just says, I guess this is what we're doing now. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like Janeway I mean, made, is not. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, it made no sense from uh, to me a uh, Chakotway shipper. <laughs> gross. Uh, Did you admit that, or is that an interesting uh, thing to bring that up? Because uh, it's coming. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I legitimately forgot. That Seven and Chakotay hooked up because well, my yeah. brain was saving me. From it. I thought well, Chakotay was, it was only like two episodes of the back half of the now. last season. Yeah, like. it was nothing. Yeah. Well, and pre like pre the prerequisite to the relationship was this whole like Seven of Nine uh, was experimenting on the holodeck with what it would be like to be in a relationship, and I oh, thought yeah. that was okay because she <laughs> was just trying to figure something out with her personal self but then in the back of my mind i was like you know what they're going to use this to build a fucking real relationship aren't they Mm -hmm. and then to like a couple episodes later there it is and i'm like this is motherfucking bullshit yeah they're making a a fictional version of it do all the emotional legwork Mm -hmm. yeah yeah going to just the most voyager fucking thing (laughs) (laughs) she was writing erotic friend fiction yep erratic friend friction you're absolutely right sorry guys uh, that's what Star Trek needs to do better. It's relationships. Mm-hmm. Every single uh-huh. like, yeah. 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 Worf and Troy and and uh, Seven of Nine and Chakotay. Yeah. They're, they're just all awful, the people they get to uh, be together. And I would say up to and including the most recent season of the current show. I was just yeah. going to say, yeah. fucking uh, uh, Michael and Bag Salad, the yeah. worst. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I'm a big fan worst. of the Firewolf there. Uh, I'm, I'm, well, my one of my biggest regrets is I I did not put a bagged salad reference in that season <laughs> because it was food themed. Well, I got good news, yeah. Michelle. He's back, so uh, yes, he's back. Devlin, and his hair is even worse. He's back from outer yeah, space. Yeah, so bad. Devlin, oh, if you're so- listening, we still thank you very much for bag salad. Uh, that will be used for yes. many years to come. <laughs> also, uh, bag salad's online name: Firewolf Three Five Nine. <laughs> very good actually i think i want to go back and make that my favorite recurring bit <laughs> what bag salad yeah bag salad that's fair it's very just evocative. so on the nose mm-hmm. so as as we're continuing to talk about uh relationships actually the next two uh people have this same question so uh flunk we'll go to you who do you wish never hooked i up? mean it's you... basically what gab was just saying it's kind of a cop-out answer but everybody i hate Almost all of them. I hate. Uh, we mentioned Uhura and Scotty. Um, uh-huh. Arden Bever is terrible. Uh, Kira and Odo. I hate. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't even remember uh, that they always threatened to do uh, Archer and Paul, and it was always garbage. Ugh. Yeah, like it just it it never goes well. Do you remember that episode good... where Archer fell down and his face landed in DePaul's chest? Oh, that's a thing that happened. <laughs> this is the level we're dealing with here. That was our that was our cover art one week, just because I know no one would never believe us. That was a thing that happened, and not a joke we decided not to use. Yeah. Like, no. Yeah. No. Twenty seventeen us would not have made that joke, yeah. but the, the show sure did. No, is the only good relationship on Trek Wharf and Dax? I, I think it might be. <laughs> um, I like Riker and Troy's like friends with benefits situation. 
Yeah, but that's the, also that's half of that is headcanon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, most most of that well, is in our just imagination. From Menage Troy, where like they're on a date, even though they really have no reason to be. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Like I always really liked Al's idea that when they're not hooking up with anybody else, they just hook up with yeah, each other. Exactly. I think that, but also I, I, yeah. I like representing a couple that used to be together and are still friends. You don't see that relationship a lot. Usually it's they're inevitably going to get back together or they hate each other. It was nice to show a positive representation of that relationship on a TV show. Yeah. I kind of liked um, Riker and Rose mistake hookups. Like that only happened the one time, but that was very good. Really, they weren't in a relationship. exactly. No, they had the amnesia hookup. What they were in was an awkward situation. No, that was very good. Yeah. Yeah. I think it was just basically them saying like, if I wasn't, super annoying and he wasn't super annoying to me you know this is what we would do and like so when she was when she had all that memory removed and they didn't know like their power dynamic or anything Mm Roe all of a sudden was like yes I'm going to climb that Alaskan mountain (laughs) (laughs) I'm I'm going through my memory of all the different relationships and yeah you might be right like they put the work into that one relationship Mm -hmm. and it worked real well uh-huh. Nate hated that 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 title so much. I have a very specific memory of that. If one of your questions was, "What's the worst title?" Uh-huh. Oh, that's a good one. At least, It's it's I was a beholder. <laughs> no, okay. Uh, Gav, you also had the uh, same question. Is there anything left in this topic? I just wanted, real quick before, I just wanted oh, to double, double stress how much I hated Kieran Odo. Oh, it was yeah, so I, oh, I hated that, it. That also that didn't started bother. with fake holiday hated. dates. Yeah, that yeah. did. Yep. Gav, what do you got? Uh, these characters hooking up have caused so much misery. They were so happy by themselves. Why did they have to ruin it? In conclusion, I reverse ship John and Mary Kim. <laughs> back, back in the old uh, 70s game show match game they would always get like joke answers from the panel and there was always to be one answer like that's the definitive answer <laughs> that's the definitive answer to yep. this question yep it's, it's on brand for me uh, also if they didn't hook up in the mirror if they didn't hook up in the mirror universe does it mean that it was better i mean at least hmm. a little bit hmm that's a good. I don't know. Now we're all just thinking about that. Uh-huh. <laughs> Actually, I'm mostly one of that episode where uh, Harry Kim's mom called the uh, Voyager. She was exactly what we imagined. Uh huh. Uh, no, her dad was in that call too, but he was so quiet and, and Harry never... tried to crawl back up inside of her. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was. Uh... He said Harry. that. He literally said that, that again. I know. A joke we made. No. no. Harry, it feels like crawling back clarinet. up with my mom. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I going back in my mind through all the relationships, uh, one of the ones that that I just realized also shouldn't have happened was uh, Garrick and Zial. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was gross oh, for a bunch of reasons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. because it was so that. super clear that yeah, uh-huh. the Garrick was not yeah mm-hmm. yeah yeah. Also, she, she was very young. Yeah, right. She was like yeah. thirteen, and then they aged her up like Alexander. Yeah, it was yeah. a little yeah. gross. I didn't. I didn't hate Tom and Bellana. Yeah. No, I, I oh, like yeah, the match. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it was just, yeah. I mean, it was once they, once they were officially it wasn't great. together, it was they fine. couldn't think of anything to really do with them. Yeah. It's like yeah. Jim and Pam on The yeah. Office, like, well, we got here, now what? <laughs> but, <laughs> then Tom it, moved to Philadelphia to get a yeah. new job without telling her. <laughs> <laughs> and Christy Amantopoulos showed up. Well, you... <laughs> I was just remembering that one episode where Tom 
was in the hospital and Blana wasn't even in the like just like yeah like you said like couldn't think of anything mm-hmm. to do with yeah, no, they, yeah, they yeah. where to go was, yeah. no, I like Tom but, and Blana. I think yeah, I, I, they, I think they matched each other well, and I think they they had they had good chemistry. I would say and, that was one of the best courtships, yeah. like because it yeah. took a long mm. time to happen, and you gradually saw them get closer. Even Worf and Dax, there was a point where Dax just decided she was into Worf, yeah. and that was it. Like there was no <laughs> gradual getting closer. It was just I mean a switch got turned. That is on. a very Dax thing to do. Though. Oh no, it like, is. All right, yeah. let's do this. But it was nice to see two characters fall in love and actually take mm. a minute to fall in love. Yeah. And when we started watching Voyager, I knew that Tom and Bolana hooked up later on, and I was watching the beginning, and I'm like, no, they don't. That's <laughs> stupid. Yeah. yeah. you. That guy but, sucks. Yeah, but then halfway through the series, I was like, no, actually, I, I'm kind of into this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And also, it fixed the crap then, out of Tom. Yeah. Yeah, that helped Tom a lot. Yeah. Also, everyone that Ezra hooked up yeah. with yeah. was terrible. Yep. Yeah. 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 That was a mistake. Uh, I was like, God, we only have one season. We got to give this character some emotional connections fast. <laughs> uh, Nate, okay, we we have a lot more to talk about shipping, so we're going to come back to that. But I want to want to try to stay uh, sort of in order here. So, Nate, <laughs> what Trek characters would you most like to have as your parents? <laughs> well, my parents are great, so I don't need to have anybody from Star Trek as my parents. Right. Shout out to my parents who will never hear this. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I'm okay with just Picard being my dad. Really? Of all the captains, you'd choose Picard? He's the most dad-like to me. Mm-hmm. Wow. I might be really? because Not I, I just like Patrick dad? Stewart. I was going to say. Mm-hmm. No, it's, <laughs> yeah, I would say Papa Sisko and Grandpa Picard. Oh, okay yeah, okay, that's, okay. That's good, yeah. What about Grandpa Sisko? Great grandpa Cisco. Grandpa Cisco and Grandpa Cisco. Now it's we're future. back to shipping. <laughs> <laughs> we're so very proud of our grandson. I made him a jambalaya. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so that's my answer for what spin off I want. <laughs> I would absolutely watch a workplace comedy just in, in Joseph Cisco's restaurant, period. It doesn't have to have any other gimmick to it. Love that guy. Mm-hmm. Now we talk about every every captain. We talk about their sort of parental like qualities. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Except it's Lord it's Lord. interesting. What's that? Except he's Lord. a certain kind of dad. Oh, he's the bad dad, space dad, definitely. Uh-huh. Yeah. No, we talked about him being a dad, just not a good dad at all. But a he dad might even leather daddy. I'm looking at that. You're not wrong. I'm yeah. sad now. No, you are wrong. No. He had a room with skeletons. There's probably a couple of whips in there, too. Yeah, but he would always have some cookies for you, too. Honestly, oh, Admiral Cornwell, pretty good mom. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, on that, uh, oh, from that show, um, uh, Giorgio. Yeah. Yeah, best oh, mom. There is no better oh, yeah. mom. Oh, I want her to be my mom right now. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Can she just fly down and take me away? <laughs> <laughs> Ah, oh, so good. Uh, Tidro. Yes. What is your favorite ship, by which I mean vessel? TIE Fighter. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely hey, my favorite wait a minute. ship. Because it sounds like an elephant? <laughs> mm-hmm. No. From, That's very from, good, and you guys all missed that on the arm movement. Yes, from Star Trek is sort from of the implication here. Mm-hmm. It's not, it was not in the question. Anyway, my so my favorite Star Trek ship is probably the Romulan war, Warbird. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, those are cool. Yeah, like uh-huh. it mm-hmm. just looks real cool. Mm-hmm. I just I like thought... I love the way they show up like Star Destroyers, just like fuck off, huge. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they're way they're way bigger than you think they are. Yeah, because you usually see they like a long shot hole in the middle. Yeah, yeah. I was just say there's a lot of empty space in there. That's true, but but the 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 ship part of it is usually massive, and you, unless you get a close up, you don't realize that, and you're like, oh shit, that's huge. I love when they loomed over the mm-hmm. Enterprise because the Enterprise is fucking too big. Yeah, but the Enterprise is so big, too big. You're talking about the Enterprise D. Yeah, yeah. Ugh, too big. I'm actually looking at a scale map right now because I was curious, and you yeah. could just about fit the Enterprise inside the hollow chunk in the middle of the warbird, yeah. which is pretty that's awesome. A th- that's a thing I always wanted to see, and they never did. I would have loved to have seen a ship fly through that hole. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, the Defiant could have like weaved through there, no problem. Yeah, right. Missed opportunity. Or one of those. uh... And then they had those warships that showed up at the end of Deep Space Nine that looked like even more birdish. Mm -hmm. Those were awesome. They 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 had that big battle scene with the Jem'Hadar when the Cardassians and Romulans decided to just go take care of business themselves, which was a bad idea. And those little (laughs) fighters could have gone in there easily. Mm -hmm. That would have been cool. Now, one of the games we were just playing had a, a tiny ship escaping the Romulans, and we're like, oh, let's talk to them. And then suddenly a warbird decloaks behind it, and the ship is like a tiny speck, and the warbird's just like, mm-hmm. like, don't talk to my son. It was very good. <laughs> <laughs> and actually, uh, along the same lines, I like how tiny the Klingon uh, bird of preys are. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah they're because like they're always planes. like a little, like, swine. and you get the idea that they're, they're much more personal than Federation ships are. Like, that is the, yeah. the captain's yeah. ship. Mm-hmm. According to my micro machines that I had as a kid, the compliment <laughs> of a word of praise like twelve or sixteen. <laughs> According to those micro machines, the bird of praise this has the wingspan of Deep Space Nine. <laughs> yes, it does. I was gonna say if that's the case, this Tie Fighter is the same size as my Death Star. <laughs> There's one Tell crucial flaw in your space like. station. It's only big enough also, for one also, dude to fit inside. <laughs> also, if you live in the tropics, after a while, the Enterprise, uh, the Excelsior class ships, nacelles start getting bendy. Oh. <laughs> oh, uh, fortunately, fortunately, in space, it is very cold. <laughs> I've heard that. Uh, Vishal, mm. what would your job be on a starship? Well, we have sort of covered this. I would basically have the same job. You know, in every captain's room, you've got all the, that art on the wall or those sculptures of various ships that used to be named the same thing. I'd mm-hmm. basically be doing that, you know. <laughs> uh, but also, I'm sure that there's plenty of, uh, like, ship stuff that happens which no one has any. Because seemingly in Star Trek, they have everything except video recorders. So mm-hmm. they'd need an artist to come in and say, okay, we had this encounter with the Romulan bird of play that was fuck all big. Uh, now you need to draw this big ship this big and show us also this big, a little bigger, little bigger, no, 20% bigger. No, 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 start over. <laughs> <laughs> that would be my dream. Zoom in, enhance. <laughs> okay, so I have a follow-up question to that. Uh, if if you are this like designer, basically like like what you do now, but for a starship captain and designers have notoriously have this like clients from hell thing, like someone who asks for the worst possible thing, which captain would be the most difficult to work with? (laughs) Mm. I think Cisco would be hard because he doesn't know how to do math. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I was thinking Cisco because he's also a builder, so he thinks he could do it better, but uh, your answer is much better. Yeah, that's that's true. He'd be like, he'd be the annoying client, but he'd be fun to work with. Mm-hmm. Uh, Picard would be like scary to work for because he would know everything inside out. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
You know what though? He'd delegate. He'd he'd make mm-hmm. Riker be the one that actually works with you. Right, right. Mm-hmm. You'd you'd have fun working with Riker, but then once in a while you'd have to submit your work to Picard, and then he'd be like, "No, this is wrong. Oh. That's not how it's done." Mm-hmm. And Kirk would just be like weird because he'd come in, sit on this thing you worked three weeks on, go, "I don't like it," and then fuck off and go away. <laughs> you wouldn't know why. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it just occurred to me that all, all of all the captains, Lorca's the one most likely to have something bitchin' painted on the side of his van. Father <laughs> <laughs> Dean on the chair. <laughs> I mean, I'll go, back, I'll go back to this. I've said it before, is that, you know, you could argue about who's the best captain here and there in every which way, but I think the best one that if you were working for a captain, the best one would be Janeway. Like, she'd be the best yes. boss out of all of yeah. them. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, she's yeah. the most communicative. She's the most, like, even... Handed when it comes to command, yeah, I would yeah, most willing to let people do what they're good at. Yeah, <laughs> I, I would, I would say that was the correct answer until a year ago, and once again, Giorgio. Oh, Actually, oh, yeah. yeah, or Saru, yeah, yeah, or Saru, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, Giorgio and um, Janeway. If you were doing design work for them, would communicate the things they wanted, yeah. and then uh-huh. they would look at the thing you did and tell you, "Hey, listen, I like this part of it. Could this be more like that?" And then you would know what to do next. Mm-hmm. Yes. You tell yeah, them a couple of good things, feedback. and then yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, also, I think there's there'd be a ton of design work in the Star Trek universe because, like, all of the panels and stuff, all of that looks very designed. It doesn't right. look like all thrown the, together. All the Okuda guys, yeah, yeah, Michael yeah, Okuda yeah, Junior. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, is you know some kind of in charge. <laughs> and I, I, I think you would actually have to have some kind of uh, interface designer on a ship because mm-hmm. you know you're inventing stuff a lot of times. You know, oh yeah, someone had to invent L cars. Uh, yeah. Well, actually, I was about to say if they had interface designers, they wouldn't have L cars. Yeah, that's a good point too. The yeah. possible L cars yeah. is weird, and the fact yeah. that they tried to shoehorn L cars into every Star Trek video game in the early 2000s was yeah. <laughs> well, exactly like it was when I started playing like like the, the Klingon interactive movie or whatever, mm-hmm. and it was mm-hmm. like oh. This is not a tenable operating system. No, we just the, played through you, like 15 of those games and they all have that interface and it is terrible. To, yep. to, be, to be fair, the early 2000s was a really shitty time for interface design in video games anyway. <laughs> uh-huh. We're still learning. It's still not great. Even the greatest game right now does not have, you know, I'm just playing the Spider-Man game. And I was like, it's a mess in that. What uh, a mess. Just, oh my God. Like, why doesn't anything work the same way? <laughs> it's one of my favorite thing in uh, both Assassin's Creed and Hitman is that sometimes you just wander around until the game decides to tell you what your job is. <laughs> because, like, I could figure out what I'm doing, or I could just walk around this raceway for a while until it says, hey, you hear something. I'll be like, oh, I do. That's <laughs> what happens in Spider-Man. But back to design in, uh, like, having a, having a, a designer in Star Trek, if they had had one on DS9... Think of how much easier O'Brien's job would be if he had someone who could come in and oh, help Cardiacs. fix the Cardassian layout mm-hmm. because it was not made for like people who think Federation. That's when you get a, a multicultural person who, with a foot in the Cardassian world and a foot in the human world who can bridge the gap. And who can do right. fucking design. Yeah. O'Brien's very multicultural. He uh, he knows everything about the Cardassians and really loves and respects their culture. Oh, he's, he's got a foot on their neck. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of neck to put a foot on. Uh, that's a good point. Amanda. Yes. Who do you ship? Oh, this is this is an obvious one. Everyone could guess this. Garrick and Bashir. It was practically yeah. textual. I was going to say, Woo! shipping means someone who isn't already together that you wish were together. <laughs> I yeah, mean, But they say that they aren't. 
Yeah. No. The guy who played Garrick said that they were. The guy who said who played Bashir agreed with him. Did he? I never saw that, yeah, but that's cool. Yeah. yeah. But, but like the show, like if the show would just let that happen, it would have been amazing. Now you don't even like Bashir. I don't even like Bashir, but I want Garrick to be happy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's fair. <laughs> that's never gonna happen. That's also true. I kind of thought you were gonna say Garrick and yourself. I mean, he. You know, are we allowed to he'd do never that? Be ha- <laughs> <laughs> You're not going to list somewhere. He'd it's... never be happy. He'd be, it'd be Zial all over again. He'd be with me, but he'd be thinking of Julian. <laughs> Zial over again. Uh, all right, that's about enough of that. I'm actually going to jump around a little in the order now because uh, several people answered this question, and I'm yeah. enjoying this uh, discussion. Mm. So, uh, Bob, will circle back to you. Uh, Brian, who do you ship? Well, now that I know it's an option, me and Tilly. <laughs> I'm sorry, this is my show and I'm married. married your choice. <laughs> yeah, now that I know we're on the table. Sorry, Kayla. <laughs> uh, uh, so I guess, uh, let me see, uh, who do... Uh, uh, oh, yeah, okay, now I remember my actual answer. Sorry, I went to a different place for a moment. <laughs> Just traveled to Ryza for a second. Uh, so the, um, uh, this is, this is uh, as I mentioned, I'm glad I didn't have to be the first person to bring this up. Uh, it's Janeway and Chakotay. Really? You liked uh, that? Now, yeah. here's the thing. This comes with a very significant uh, caveat, which is you also have to fix Chakotay. Okay. <laughs> it's like I was talking to somebody about Harry Potter the other day, and I mentioned that, like, while I tend to not ship anything that involves people that are, you know, literal children, uh, mm-hmm. if it does come with Harry Potter, then I would ship Harry and uh, Luna. And they gave me okay. a look, and I was like, no, 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 but you would have to fix the character and make her not a complete basket case. Mm-hmm. But, like, the way their personalities actually match and the way that they're circumstances Ryan, do. Ryan, we thing. will fight I Love Luna exactly how she is. Let's not yep. talk about Harry Potter. Let's <laughs> yeah. instead Let's talk, talk about, about Star Harry Trek. Potter ever again. I was <laughs> trying to say <laughs> with It's, it's uh, true, Harry Potter is, is over. But... In order to make Chakotay and Janeway work, you'd have to fix Chakotay and make him, like, less of a prickly asshole. Because the mm-hmm. one episode that really got me this was when him and Janeway were down on the planet, and he got mm-hmm. to just be, like, a dude living on a planet doing his thing. and like A mm-hmm. dude who built a hot tub? <laughs> I think that was the episode where we realized he was a lot like Ron Swanson yeah. and that's why I'm against Janeway and Chakotay because I never shipped Ron and Leslie because Ew. they're very close work friends and that's it but the thing is, I mean like, the, the, the thing about shipping super... is you can go with whatever you want I'm not trying to say it's a wrong answer I just but don't agree with so you when they're so far from home and they're in the supervisory position and Janeway and her boring boyfriend and her dogs are all back on earth mm-hmm. um <laughs> And by the way, I'm 99% sure the reason she had a boyfriend back on Earth was to give them an excuse to not write any romantic plots for her. Yeah, um, probably. The only yeah. person that can really relate to her as a person is Chakotay. Mm. So if you play the Chakotay is a cool, like, regular Joe kind of dude who ran his own ship and, like, kind of knows what it's like, the, you know, the good aspect of Chakotay that they never did anything with, I can see him relating to her very well. And, uh, you know, he'd probably, like, go into one of her stupid mom novels and, like, wear an ugly suit, like, just like, like, this is what she's doing. She went camping with me, so. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, well, this no. is what we're doing. I was going to ask Tidro, do you have anything to add to that? Because you also, yes. like, apparently oh, are into that. So. so do you agree with my what Brian caveat, said or do you have a different angle? Uh, I agree with what Brian said. But also, my caveat is as long as they're stuck together. I only ship them when there are no other, like, <laughs> there are no other options. Like, as so soon only as they if he was the last man on Earth and no other, so- no other time. Exactly. Like, just when they're stuck together. As long as they do from Fabio Planet isn't around. 
Right. <laughs> she could obviously do better once mm. there's other options. So, okay. like, the second they get anywhere where there's other potential uh, partners, then she would have to dump him. So. See, that's why I had to fix him. So, yeah, yeah. Say... We're, we're, we're in the same boat. We're just approaching it from different shores. That's not how boats work. <laughs> <laughs> that's literally the opposite of how boats work. <laughs> you, you have to row, row, row your boat. Uh, <laughs> you were going to say something? shipping. Um, <laughs> the. Um, uh, I will say the camping episode reminded mm. me because at the beginning of the show I'm like, oh my, who's this handsome Robert Belt? Yeah, he's a good looking dude. And, mm-hmm. Like, and then the character completely lost me. But yeah. the camping episode reminded me of that, where I was like, oh right, because he's kind of got like a hot dad bod, and was like, yeah, I'm cut. Well, he had that thing yeah. like a lot of like, the dudes on Lost like, did. Like, at his best, he was like the one thing that always got me was that one time that the Maquis people were, were starting ship, and so he just goes into the mess hall and punches one of them in the face. Right, and is like, "You want to go back to the way we used to do things?" And I'm like, "Oh, look, look who got a personality all of a sudden." <laughs> he had that thing like a lot of the dudes on Lost did, which is like they're okay looking dudes, but if you put them in that rugged setting and you mm-hmm. let them grow some stubble and like rip their shirt, suddenly most like most of the dudes on that show were pretty good looking. And also like the dudes on Lost, also like the dudes on Lost, he had a magical tattoo. <laughs> <laughs> did we get Have a whole episode see... about his tattoo also? Sure yes, did. it was called Tattoo. Yeah. Oh, right, yeah. yeah. <laughs> real bad. So if you want to see uh, Robert Beltran looking real hot, you should watch Eating Raul. Eating Raul, heck yeah. Mm. Well, that uh-huh. was like 15 <laughs> years before, right? So he's a little was... little younger too, so. Oh, yeah. So that was like early 80s as opposed to mid-90s, so you're, you're seeing him in sort of peak form, I would think. Not dad bod, but actually uh-huh. like young, yeah. Rad bod. Like actually young and hot, yeah. <laughs> right. Rad bod. <laughs> <laughs> I will, I will warn you if you do a Google image search for it, which I just did, he is wearing a really rough hat in a lot of these pictures. <laughs> <laughs> However, he, he is looked... also shirtless in most of them. <laughs> Robert Beltram in his rough hat. <laughs> <laughs> so, continuing on the subject of shipping, Caitlin, you wanted to answer this question as well. What do you got? Um, Mine is uh, someone that I thought about like the whole time I was watching... Um, Voyager, um, mm-hmm. like rewatching as an adult, and it's Seven and Balana. Mm. Yeah. yeah, I think uh-huh. they could have a really interesting dynamic because they have a lot of tension in the beginning mm-hmm. of their relationship. They just well, Balana hated her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. and and then I feel like they really grew to like respect each other as professionals mm-hmm. in the workplace, and then they started to realize that they each have these really incredible skill sets, and mm-hmm. I feel like they grew. Um, in their uh, like professional relationship with each other and uh-huh. grew to respect each other personally as well. And I would have liked to see that continue and, and be like, Oh, Hey, you want to hang out sometime and, you know, exchange cultural stuff. And like, I just feel like they could have. <laughs> Is that what they're calling it now? Cultural stuff. I just feel like that could go like, in a direction that's really interesting and like they would have a lot to share and a lot to, to grow with and talk about. And you and have sold me cute. on this. That is excellent. Mm-hmm. And it's yeah. also Very good. sort of that classic, they don't get along, but it turns out it's cause they were too alike and wanted to kiss. Yeah. We did establish this. You can say you and seven. 
We've, we've said know, that. Like, yeah, that's. Yeah. Everyone talked knows about that already. <laughs> oh yeah, was, we've covered that extensively. Uh, yeah, U seven and Moana. Going on uh, about that for years. <laughs> <laughs> no, that uh, is an excellent answer. But yeah, I really like the. I feel like it's two just like strong, powerful, intelligent women. They would just be this like bitch and power couple, and they're both gorgeous. So mm-hmm. I would just like to hang out with them a lot, and we could all have tea together. Yes, and have Jane tea. Would... <laughs> and Janeway would be both their moms. Yep. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Also, they... that's what every mom away. wants to see her daughters dating. <laughs> <laughs> and Naomi Wildman would be their little baby child. Oh. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I mean, she has a mom, but you know. yes, but she would. Eat, but she could be. Yeah, but she's always stuff. in danger somewhere or other. Yeah. I guess that, that's a fair dead? point. No, she's not dead. No. Yes, but I imagine she would die of grief. No, she's not. Why are you saying ah? She's sort of absent. She's not a great yeah. mom. She just left she's... her with Neelix all yeah, the time. I was, no, I was going to say like let's not wish death on Ensign Wildman because if she dies, the kid stays with Neelix. Uh, uh-huh. you didn't. You didn't say it right. What's her name? Wow, man. Wow, Thank wow. you. <laughs> Mm. Of course. <laughs> so now, now that we come. That would be my favorite in joke. Pa joke, yeah, it's a very good one. I had it on my list of possible choices. Yeah. <laughs> now we come to the person whose answer I'm looking forward to the most for this particular question, <laughs> Nate. <laughs> I knew uh, you yeah. were gonna pick. I knew you <laughs> were gonna pick this one. Yes. I had no doubt. <laughs> <It's> Forties <laughs> for fiction for sure. Can we make that your official title yeah. on the show? <laughs> <laughs> okay, I ship a lot of characters. Oh, oh, you but... can you can have more than one answer. Uh-huh. Answer as many times as you like. Don't worry, I'll get there. Uh, okay, <laughs> please do. <laughs> um, I'm just gonna say first of all, this is who I shipped when uh-huh. I was a teen, and I read do a lot still? of fanfic. I can't remember if I actually wrote any, but it's okay. <laughs> the my favorite ones were based on a specific episode, uh, and it is Harry Kim and Tom Paris. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> There's an episode where a... they're jailed together and they're all dirty and nasty in their own. And there was only boys. one bed. <laughs> and like they get hurt and they're caring for each other. Uh, it's all. Oh yeah. no! No, I get it. I get it. Yeah. But that was a real episode. Now, do you do you still ship them? Uh, eh, eh, mm. We will all pause our Harry Kim hate for you to, I've moved to answer on to this. Other genres. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. But it feels like there should have been an overlap on the Venn diagram when one of them was coming up for being better and the other one was going down for being shitty mm-hmm. and they were both yeah. okay. Yes. Yeah. And that's when they should have dated. Yeah. Or hooked it up might or whatever. Have been around that time. I don't know. Uh-huh. What it was. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, for my official answer, I'm going to go with the OG Kirk and Spock. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Nice. This is. This this is the ship because without the Kirk and Spock ship, Star Trek would not exist as we know it. It would have been gone. It would have been canceled. The reason why it got saved was all of the women who were writing fanfic before fanfic uh-huh. existed, they had like letter paper paper letters yeah. sending them to each other in the mail these like zines they were making mm-hmm. of kirk and spock and that the fandom that fandom like the original fandom yeah that's all what all the fandom is built on yeah the only reason that star trek did not get canceled was this campaign that the fans made mm-hmm. the kirk and spock shippers forced them to bring star trek back to television and that's what we have and that's how argu- arguably, 
that's why we have fandom of any kind. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so much of it is patterned on that. And also, these women you're talking about literally invented the term slash fiction. That's where it comes from. Kirk and Spock. Kirk Kirk slash slash Spock. Spock. Yeah. Yep. There, there's, it's just, and you might not be part of that culture, you might not be into that culture, but you have to acknowledge it as a huge force for making these shows continue to exist mm-hmm. to support the shows. Yeah, you're absolutely right. That is an excellent answer. Yeah, thanks. But you, you must have more ships than that, though. <laughs> yeah, Garrick and Bashir is like, <laughs> sure, <laughs> of course. Do you, do you like Bashir? Fleece? Bashir? No, he's yeah. terrible. <laughs> 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 I don't know, because there's this thing, like, I could see, I could hear an argument for anybody shipping anybody, literally, of course. and I could be convinced. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I'm, I, this is about you, and this is something you think about probably more than the rest of us do, so. Not really. It, it only even grabs me. Okay. Where does it grab you? Is that an inappropriate question? <laughs> In the heart. I'm just trying to think of a couple that you wouldn't share. <laughs> oh, I know. Uh, Harry Kim and Tom Paris and Kess's alternate future daughter. What Ew. The fuck Ew. That was in an actual episode. Yeah, it was. Oh, Gross. oh, okay. I thought you put all of them in the room. No, no, no. no. Harry Kim and <laughs> yeah, gross, yeah. separate character. No, there's a lot that I wouldn't because it's gross, but uh-huh. you know. if somebody liked it, I would be able to see from their opinion why, uh, probably. Yeah, I'm dead set against uh, Chicote Janeway, but you guys, like both of you, uh, uh, Brian and Tedra, made some good points. Let's be honest. So, you know. Let's be honest. I never read this a. This could be Harry Kim in his right hand. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Clarinet solo. Or Harry Kim in one of the many alternate Harry Kims. Harry Kim's yeah. Harry Palm. <laughs> How about Picard and Picard from Star Trek Nemesis? <laughs> no, that was Tom Hardy. I know you can't tell them apart because they look the same. Wasn't, wasn't that the plot of the Venom movie? Uh, <laughs> I think it I, was. I, I wish it was. <laughs> it's me, Venom. <laughs> That's just an Armist reboot, isn't it? I mean, look, have you looked at Venom? Pretty yeah. close. Well, let me see. Are they black, wet, dripping, and talking in a weird monster voice all the time? Mm-hmm. Yes, it's an Armist reboot. Hey guys, it's like a turd in the wind. I want to bite your face off and your arms and legs off, you guys. <laughs> now I'm going to have sex with Tom Hardy because he's pretty. <laughs> and he's got a weird voice. I should know because of my weird voice. Now, As me, I'm Tom Hardy. I want to make I'm out with but I have to go and possess a girl real quick. <laughs> I would have I bet any money that the early 2000s era Star Trek film would have had a song by Eminem, but no, it's the Venom movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Do All right. This bluest, my hat is like a tongue. <laughs> Uh, circling back now, Bob. Oh yeah. Hi. Which hey, Trek? Bob. Hello. Which character? Which Trek characters would you most like to have as your parents? Uh, I was gonna go with uh, Scotty and Uhura. Gross. Really? really? <laughs> as a couple, or as like you spend separate like Saturdays with with Dad and? <laughs> hey Nate, I found a ship I don't okay. understand. <laughs> you think independently they will make good parents? Yeah, sure. Yeah. Because I, I mean, like I don't know. Scotty is just the kindest old guy engineer you know towards the end of the TOS movies Mm -hmm. yeah Scotty would be a good dad I can see that and then you know then for the artistic side I would get her and she could teach me how to sing Mm -hmm. play the lyre Mm -hmm. and fan dance yeah and fan dance fan dance (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> thank you for <laughs> thank you for ha- making me imagine one of my oldest and closest friends doing Uhura's 50 year old fan dance He's doing I'll, do, I'll draw some fan art <laughs> from the uh, apparently unfairly maligned Star Trek 5 <laughs> yeah, you're still talking good stuff about Quite Star right. Trek 5 right now <laughs> <laughs> I think the good thing about Star Trek V is that Shatner didn't do a fan dance. <laughs> what do we dance with? Like long ambition. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't mean to cut. Do you have a further? Oh, no. Okay. Good. Okay. Uh, Flonk. Yo. What would your job be on a starship? Uh, I want to be an engineer. I don't necessarily have to be chief engineer, but, you know, I do like the idea of crawling around in the tubes of the ship, trying mm-hmm. to come up with creative ideas for problems with my robot best friend. Like, like <laughs> so you want to be Jordy specifically? No, but I want a robot best friend. <laughs> That's fair. It doesn't have to be data. Yeah. Now, is this a fictional version of you with engineering aptitude, or is this a side of you I'm not aware of? I mean, this is me if I went through the academy and learned how to be an engineer. Gotcha. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, if you were doing the, uh, we're doing what we do in the real world thing, you'd have to be Neelix. Yeah, you could absolutely be Guinan. That would be much better. Yeah, 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 yeah that actually that makes more. That's better. Or Quark. Uh huh. I'm I'm no, I've, I've had Quark like bosses. I'm, I'm. I'd have that's to be. Keiko. I'd rather work for Guinan. My only option is a teacher. So. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh God, you would have to be Keiko, wouldn't you? I don't know. Everyone in the Although, episode is putting on a play or something. People and yelling at religious people. Yeah, that's. Keiko trolling the comments section. <laughs> I guess theoretically, I guess theoretically, if you factored in like you know my interest in theater and stuff, oh god, I'm also Neelix. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's okay, Brian. You could also be Bever. Mm-hmm. No, no, I, literally no. I can't dance. No, <laughs> you had him speechless. For I dance. A second. I dance like Christian Bale in Newsies, which is anytime I'm in a musical, I'm in the back doing a less complicated version of what everyone else is doing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go uh, back to musical theater again. Of course we are. Uh, Newsies is a musical film. Oh, no, they did do a stage adaptation. Never mind. <laughs> I saw an opening night. I accidentally cut Harvey Firestein in line at the bathroom. Good. <laughs> Gaff. He's very charming. <laughs> I bet he is. <laughs> Hey guys! Well, I, thought, this is the thing, this is I thought he was just standing in the corner talking to somebody, which was Alan Menken, by the way. I'm name dropping now. Oh my god! Um, he said, Ryan, he said the we've been doing this for two and a half hours. We need to move on. Uh, that's a fair point. Actually, I've got, I've got to leave the three. So, yeah, we gotta, we gotta, we gotta get moving on this. Uh, Gav, I have to follow that. <laughs> <laughs> yes, hello. Uh, what would your job be on a starship? Wait, so I get to go into space and visit all kinds of new civilizations and see spatial anomalies, the kinds of things that will bring people together when they realize how small they are in the face of the awe-inspiring universe. But I have to do a job as well? Screw <laughs> <laughs> that. Screw that, I have to say, here. <laughs> if, that I is the... to, if I have to, I'll be Riker's fluffer. <laughs> <laughs> and like up, indeed. Ah. Oh, nice. I was about to say. Fashion or just like making sure that his chest hair is all properly fluffy? (laughs) I'm easy. As long as as he puts one. Well, exactly. As long as he puts uh, one uh, leg up. (laughs) That's what I'm saying. It really kind of makes your job easy. He's doing a lot of it for you. I was about to say the first half of your answer was the Gavis thing ever, and then you topped it with the second (laughs) half of your answer. (laughs) 
Well done. Uh, Tidro. Yes. What is your dream Star Trek spinoff? Okay. So it's going to be like two or 3,000 years after TNG. Okay. Okay. Far, far future. Mm-hmm. It's going to have almost entirely aliens on the crew. Almost mm-hmm. entirely. And it's mm-hmm. going to be animated so it doesn't cost them lots of money. Okay. Like, like if the animated parts of Ready Player One were good. <laughs> okay. Or the non-animated parts. I can't imagine parts. this. I was with you until then. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't care what they do, as long as it's just, you know, they're out in the middle of nowhere and it's not human-centric. Like, they do things not to further human knowledge, but just to, you know, I don't know. Just be cool aliens in space? I don't know. <laughs> or new worlds and seek out new civilizations? No. But no, because cool. that's all just bullshit. Who cares? It's just, you know. <laughs> just yeah, have learning. fun in space, dudes. Yeah. Fair. I don't care. I don't care if I'm watching a fire truck as long as the fires are interesting, you know. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. Like, no, I was never yeah. opposed to the stories about the fire truck. It's just they were going against their stated mission was yeah. all. Yeah, exactly. They had an opening yeah. thing. I don't know if you heard that guy talking about it, but, you know, he did it every week. Oh, so that's so basically you need, like, these are the voyages of the Starship Tidro. It's five-year mission. Yeah, whatever seems interesting. <laughs> <laughs> and it's animated. Sure. I mean, that and was Janeway's policy, getting home. Yeah, so. that's uh-huh. a good point. That seems cool. Yeah, yeah that's fine. Uh, Vichelle, same question. Right. Uh, I would set it 30 years after TNG, which is right now, so you can have some of the actors come back. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't care about live action or animated, although I would love to see an actual like animated thing done at the level of something like Cowboy Bebop or something, you know, which really mm-hmm. fleshes out and uses that animation well. Right. Uh, but I actually liked a couple of years ago, they said, you know, that they were going to do multiple shows, including like a medical show or a this or a that. And I would like to see multiple shows that have short runs, like, but give them to people that are not you know, necessarily American. Like, mm-hmm. I'd like yeah. to see oh, maybe someone from the BBC do a six-part show about a irascible, maybe even British doctor who's maybe related to Bashir or maybe even the same actor, you know, but mm-hmm. he's going out on a medical quest or something. It's six episodes, eight episodes. It has a very different feel. It's set mm-hmm. sort of in the same time, so you can use things across shows. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you would have something like that. Maybe you would give, a, you know, a, like a weird thriller to some kind of Korean team or uh, mm-hmm. or even a romance. Or, you know, why not? Just just actually flesh it out by having multiple cultures. Like come back to that, you know, handle mm-hmm. the same sandbox. That is an excellent idea. Yeah. They absolutely yeah. should yeah. be doing that. Especially uh, so with we... Netflix now, you know, because yeah. they're yeah. commissioning. So they, they commission Indian shows. I don't know if any of you guys saw uh, Sacred Games, which was this this big, the first big Indian produced show. It was wild because we have never really seen anything like that with no holes barred, uncensored stuff here. It was a. It's, mm-hmm. it's basically going to get them in a lot of trouble here with censors soon. But you know, <laughs> uh, but it was nice to just have that to have you know that that injection of money and whatever with the talent that's from here and to do something that we would never be able to do here mm. uh, and have it for a worldwide audience so now i kind of want to see that. like a like a moody late 1960s italian art film but set in sure. star trek yeah <laughs> mm-hmm. 
Like like the like the love witch, like that kind of like deliberately <laughs> like old fashioned style. <laughs> so Ooh. like Danger Diabolique, yeah. but with Star Trek. Yeah, yeah. Right, I watched right. the crap out of that. <laughs> I would... Italian Spider Man Star Trek. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Dan- oh, Danger Five uh, Star Trek. Danger Five Star Trek. Oh, would be yeah. great that team. Oh, hold yes. on. I'm adding, I'm adding them to the list of people to get an episode on my uh, <laughs> on my uh, anthology. Danger. All right, uh, we, we're going to need to wrap things up soon. We have two questions from listeners, and we will yes. we will just throw these open real quick. Uh, so the first one is from Devlin. Uh, she says, stop me if this has been done. It has not been done. Uh, let's say that TNG gets the Abrams treatment. Hot new cast, glossy new production design, uh, production design, sorry, uh, contemporary sensibilities, and everyone gets a first name. What would you like to see in TNG 2019? Not to be confused with the Picard show. Personally, my version would have a non-binary, LOL, data, and Watsana, <laughs> played by Maria Sirtis, duh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Grimdark regards Devlin. That is an excellent that question. sounds real friggin' good, honestly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Who, who wants that? Yeah. I mean, obviously Tom Hardy is Picard. Yeah, we, yeah. We, yeah I was going to say, we said that a couple times. Yeah. Or James McAvoy. I think that would be yeah. perfect stunt casting. Female Riker. Yeah, yeah, that'd be good too. Yeah. yeah. But still a horn dog. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Exactly and the it, same character brief, yeah. but female. Throwing the leg up. Yep. Still, still, yes. still got a beard. Yes. We're gonna have a Starbucks problem, guys. <laughs> oh, that's true. Oh, no. That is a good point. And Troy is still a chick. Yeah. Yep. And they have a history. Yes. Yep. That would be good. But Tasha. Troy is better. What? Tasha? Tasha but, you Tasha, can make Tasha, Tasha good. Tasha but good. Tasha but good. Tasha but yeah. Played by yeah. Jane Lynch. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh huh. <laughs> Jordy I has would... more eyes than everybody else. <laughs> <laughs> Lasers. I would I would have has a laser visor like, uh, <laughs> I, I would start with uh Pulaski and just keep her the whole time. Yes. Just yep. you, you don't have Bever, you just have Pulaski. Uh as far as who would play her, I have no idea. I'm real bad at this. I saw somebody talking my, about her the other day. Like, yeah, it's like it's, she was my bones, underappreciated. But... Sorry. She was my underappreciated character. Mm-hmm. Yes, she absolutely yeah. is. Pulaski was better in every measurable way. I just mean in it. I, she's an okay character, but in terms of the dynamic of the whole cast, like she had more yeah. to offer everybody else, whereas Bever was just there saying, "Oh no." Also, uh, you could have someone who's a little older, so it wasn't all just the young hotness, like. But she, mostly young yeah. hotness for going with an Abrams yeah. brand kind Except of thing. You can have one character who's not the young hotness. Yeah, I thought you were you referring just to the original Next Generation cast as yeah. all of the uh, the young hotness, and I was like, "Yeah, what? I mean, I guess <laughs> <laughs> kind of." <laughs> no, I mean she was she was suggesting that Marina Sirtis would come back to play her mother at that yeah, point, yeah, which I think yeah. would be an excellent choice. I still think Susie Plaxon should be like uh, Tilly's. Uh, overbearing mom, but oh, yeah. How about, uh, how about a ship that's just populated entirely by Susie Plaxons? <laughs> yeah, Klingon <laughs> Susie Plaxon, Romulan Susie Plaxon, Vulcan Susie Plaxon. How about how about Susie Plaxon and um, uh, Jeffrey Combs? Oh, there you go. Oh, yeah. yeah, half the characters, you Between know, them, play playing beach. every single person on the ship. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, the there's a the reboot right there. Probably the throwing a James Cromwell the Plaxon Plaxon. Be alert. <laughs> All right, uh, we have we have one other question, and then we, we need to wrap things up here. Um, this one comes from Deke, and he says, The fate of the universe rests on Starfleet's ability to creep on an alien lady in a way that results in an intergalactic sexual harassment lawsuit. It has to end in a lawsuit, or the universe will cease to exist. Fortunately, Starship, Star, Starfleet has a time ship and can pluck any character from any Star Trek series for this mission. Who is the man or woman for the job? Hell yeah, Enterprise J, bring it on. <laughs> As the lawyer? 
who so who's the i think what he's asking is who's the creep like the creepiest of all the creepsters from all all the no, star trek yes Matt, oh God. i missed that no, no, what was no, that garrett wang ah yes it we're, is. It cannot. It cannot be Lieutenant Reed. We're, no, we're all thinking it. But here's the thing: for some unaccountable reason, possibly Kavorka man, he was successful. I still would say him. He's the most inappropriate. Like, yeah. don't touch no, man, me. No, it's Neelix. Well, uh, that's also yeah. a good answer. You send Neelix into any situation. You say, "Go flirt, Slurms McKenzie," and oh, no. he. <laughs> How old is this woman? Oh. <laughs> that is also a fair point, yeah. though. Yeah, I don't know. Quark uh, would Quark would not be great at that. Most of us love Quark, but uh, he's not good with the ladies. Oh, oh, guys, no, no, no! It's Barkley. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. I was just thinking about him. The best thing God, about there are it is, so many creeps in Star Trek. Uh-huh. But in order to get him to fail, you because the others like you'd be running the risk of them accidentally succeeding. All you'd do is tell him to succeed, and he would well, be the creep assest creep in the world. Mm-hmm. They can also be inviting himself to someone's that. vacation. He oh. like come on fire within like 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. I mean, he stopped his own therapist. I, th- I don't yeah. th- that's a pretty high bar to clear. Yeah. They could just go back in time and get Rick Berman. Yeah, uh, that's a fair <laughs> point. <laughs> or Gene. Yeah, or, go right or Gene. Gene. Uh, yeah. yeah, actually, I think we got it. Yeah. <laughs> Rick Berman and Gene on the, uh, you know, uh, wacky buddy road comedy. Where Excellent work, just everyone. The worst. Hey, do yes. you want to buy an Itic? <laughs> I do not. I do not. Excellent work, everyone. So we're egg for egg ship. ship. <laughs> hey, shut up. <laughs> All right, we have to wrap things up, people. I I told everyone that we would be done by noon our time, and it is almost noon our time. I would do this forever. I love all of you so much, and I love, I love you. Too. I'm getting we're choked up. Oh. Somebody else talk for a minute. I'm getting choked up. Hey, no, seriously. But we've talked about it before. But I mean, <laughs> Thank you. I can't cry thinking of Matt's butt. No, seriously. I love all of you. I love that you have helped with this show. I love everything we've done together. Thank you all for doing this. Mm-hmm. Really. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you. A gentleman and a scholar and an inspiration and the best. Matt, why don't you say see you, folks? I'm feeling real uncomfortable here. <laughs> see you guys. <laughs> see you guys. Hi, it's me. It's Al. Um, I had one more thing I wanted to add to all of this. Um, because all of that uh, sort of praise and, and love fest was was sprung on me and Matt sort of uh, unexpectedly. Uh, off the top of our heads, we did not do the best job of, of handling that. Uh, so I had uh, some things I wanted to add to everything that had been said about, about Matt and about me. Um, just, just some praise, some general praise for the incredible people that all appeared in this episode. So, uh, bear with me here. I, I just, I really feel like a lot of this needs to be said. I'm going to start with Amanda. Uh, I know Amanda and probably everyone else is expecting me to say something jokey and non-committal here because that's kind of our shtick. But the truth is that I adore this woman and her influence has made me a better person and by extension has made the post-atomic horror a better podcast. She has forced me to examine the stupid opinions and principles I formed when I was young and ignorant and consider angles that I never would have considered before. Bold stances like, maybe a big ensemble story should have more than one woman in it are a direct result of her constant challenges to my privileged worldview. Also, we're in love. Bob. I've known Bob for longer than any of our other guests, a lot longer. The fact that he comes from a time in my life that I'm otherwise ashamed and embarrassed to acknowledge and that I'm still comfortable having him around speaks volumes about my love for him. 
because he, like me, is constantly struggling to update his outlook and be a better person. I know my life is definitely better for having him in it. Brian. We kid Brian a lot for his energy and enthusiasm, but honestly, these are things that I love about him the most. Brian is like a walking combination of IMDb, Wikipedia, and QI. He's recast a dozen remakes of this year's blockbuster hits in the time it's taken me to read this. And the thing is, he's done it better than Hollywood. There's this entire alternate universe of substantially better entertainment inside Brian's head, and this will never not fascinate me. Caitlin. Some people's enthusiasm is broad, and then some people's is incredibly laser-focused. Caitlin belongs in this category. The word fan comes from fanatic, and that kind of describes Caitlin's love for the things she loves. Fanatical, but in the best possible way. Like a benevolent dictator issuing fatwas of adoration. Caitlin loves so loud and so strong, and I am never not amazed by her capacity to do so. Flonk. Flonk is the only person I know who completely clicked with what Matt and I were doing with this show from day one. We differ on specific opinions, as any two individual humans would, but he is so absolutely dialed into our specific wavelength of passion for the source material and a willingness to mock it to shreds. Everyone on this Skype call and pretty much everyone we've ever had on our show has found our peculiar rhythm after a few beats, but Flonk is the damn drummer. He just gets us. And this may not sound like as big a compliment as I've listed for some of the others, but maybe you don't realize just how completely rare that is. Gav. This man has crossed oceans to spend time with me. Well, just the one ocean, but he did it more than once. And he may not remember this, but he was there to help me through one of the darkest times of my life. He's not as nakedly sentimental as some others I know, unless he's been drinking, which he does regularly. He often comes off a bit quiet or even aloof until he speaks up and says the perfect, perfectly timed thing that you wish you'd thought of. Nate. When we threw the what's your favorite thing about Matt in our show prep doc, it was a total goof. Nate not only took it completely seriously, but also basically shamed me into feeling like I should be saying nice things about everyone. And I don't mean he intentionally made me feel ashamed. It's just that the experience of knowing Nate always leaves you feeling a little disappointed in yourself for not being as good of a person as he is. I know nice people, I know talented people, and Nate is also very much these things, but I don't know anyone as good as Nate. Like in a pure, wholesome, we should all try to be more like that way. Tidro. Tidro is my best friend. There are people with whom I feel more connected intellectually, but no one to whom I feel more connected emotionally. She also manages to be one of the most motivated and productive people I know, not in a gross capitalistic work-until-you-die way, but in a genuinely passionate-about-what-she-does way that I admire and, if we're being honest, covet. Vishal. Vishal is, of course, a staggeringly talented artist and designer, but he's also incredibly generous. A good chunk of the amazing artwork he's provided for the show over the years, including the logo, has been provided at no cost to us, simply because he wants to support us and the show. It would be easy to write Vishal off as a contrarian because his takes on pop culture almost never line up with popular opinion, but this is not the case. He is not a contrarian. He's a unique individual with well-thought-out opinions. And much like what I said about Flunk earlier, this is actually a lot rarer than you think. I don't think there's anyone whose opinion I genuinely respect more than Vishal's. Matt. Oh, right. That's where all of this started. Also, there wouldn't be a damn show without this guy. Matt, as I have mentioned before, is the most naturally funny person I know, which drives me insane. I can spend hours crafting what I think is the perfect joke, and he'll just say some dumb thing off the top of his head that's six times better than that. With Matt, I have made hundreds of podcasts, written three books and a video game, and performed in front of hundreds of people, and have been received incredibly well. 
I probably could have done most of this stuff without him, but none of it would have been worth looking at. He makes me better. And he keeps me honest. Whenever I'm in danger of spinning some terrible idea completely out of control or getting too much inside my own head about something, he reminds me why we do this. Because it's fun. Because we're friends and we enjoy each other's company. Because we love doing this and we love each other and everyone else who has helped make this thing what it is. All right, so that's... Uh, those are my thoughts and my feelings. Uh, and now I'm going to be the one to say it. See you, folks. <laughs> The Post-Atomic Horror Podcast is a co-production of Ron Algar Watt and Matt Robotham. Copyright 2018. Please don't sue us. We're just doing this for fun.